welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. We're here with our late mail show before the Thursday night game, and I'm joined again by Josh, mate. Round uh, round 16? Round 16? Round 15? How, sh- how are you seeing it? Yeah, mate, it's a bit of a tricky one, honestly. I'm kind of caught between a rock and a hard place with some of the trades. Do I, do I throw caution to the wind and make a couple that I maybe don't need to make? Do I try and hold them? It's one of the trickier weeks in fantasy this week, I think. So hopefully we can help some people make some decisions and uh, shed some light on some things, I guess. Yeah, we've got a we've got a lot of questions about trades and how many you should have. So I guess from your point of view, how many do you have, first of all, and how many should you have, really? I'm pretty sure I have nine or ten without making any trades this week. So I think... That's kind of like par or maybe a little bit above average. If I can kind of be on, I think if you're above eight after this round, you're doing doing solid. Yeah. Uh, and it is worth mentioning that you get those extra four after round 20. So I'm kind of, I think in my mind, I kind of want to make four before round 17. So I'm kind of keeping that in the back of my mind as well, trying to maximize kind of once we have those team lists going into round 17 and hopefully we know if some of these fringe players like is Colin Matungi going to be selected in origin and be unavailable. A few guys like that that I'm kind of keeping an eye on. Um, so I'm kind of keeping, trying to keep one in the in the back pocket so I can really max that round 17 trade as well. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think if you have uh, more than eight trades left after this round, you're cheering. That's pretty much, you know the spot you want to be at and if you have less than five uh yeah you're in trouble pretty much <laughs> you somehow got to limp past round 17 and get to round 20 somehow so uh see how that goes um before we get into some more chat and some questions uh we'll just talk about the late mail quickly there really isn't that much to be fair so um Pappenhausen unfortunately won't be back this week after me being named amongst the reserves because he has come down with COVID so unfortunate for him he'll be probably be probably be back next week um and for yeah, exactly. So, and then for uh, Luke Keary and Kalen Ponga, they both, uh, you know, came away with a HIA last week, but they're both looking like they should play, which is excellent news for, you know, players like especially Keary, who's had a history of um, bad head knocks and concussion symptoms. So that's good to see. And also big news with uh, Ronald Volkman, looking like he's going to be making his debut as well for the Warriors. So interesting one to keep your eyes on. And before we move on from that, actually, what are your thoughts on Volkman? My thoughts are I'm hesitant. I think there is a lot of raps on him that he's, you know, this up and comer and he's, you know, meant to be kind of like the next big thing, I guess. But I'm just really cautious about the Warriors. They're not playing the best footy at the moment. They've got guys, they've got a bunch of other kind of youngish halves, it seems, like Arcee, obviously, who they like pretty recently brought into the into the squad, which could see him swap in with Falkman or potentially even Sean Johnson, to be fair. Uh, also, obviously, Harris Tavita is there on the bench, which is kind of concerning. Maybe he gets 60 minutes, Falkman. So for me, he is one that I am happy to miss out on, I think. Yeah, I put him I put him as a buy in the most recent post on our Insta page. Um, but I think he's he's an okay buy definitely this week. The problem is they're playing the Panthers, so that's a first, you know, negative to to him this week. Um but 
he you reckon over under 23 points? Well, he doesn't need 23 because he's at 220k. He only needs 17 points, so it's not a huge break even. 17 points. <laughs> I think um, I still think he's overs. He's going to be over 17. I think. I think he'll probably be a similar to like you know how Ilias and Amon started slow and they kind of built into their season. I think he's going to be kind of like that. But I I think at the Warriors they're going to they're most likely going to invest in him for the rest of the year with Stacey Jones there. I, I've got a feeling that he is going to be their number six next year or at least be, you know, close to being selected or, you know, maybe have another player in there possibly. But with the likes of, you know, Chanel Harris-Tavita leaving at the end of the year, going on leave, Sean Johnson hasn't been playing that well. There's plenty of space there for him to, you know, um, cement himself in this team. So I've got a feeling that he's going to be there long-term. This week, you can kind of give him a bit of a feeler and just leave him be and just keep kind of see how he goes, watch the game against Penrith. And if he plays well, definitely a pickup next week. But I don't see him coming out of the blocks this week against Pan- the Panthers and scoring a 50-plus. I, I, he's probably going to be hanging around that, you know, 20 to 30-point mark, I'd say. Okay, no, I don't mind that shot. And I guess, fingers crossed for Warriors fans, that uh, Stacey Jones is kind of looking ahead because <laughs> they're not – I guess they're still on the race probably mathematically for the finals, but realistically, I think they're going to get the spoon this year. So I think they should invest. Yeah, someone for, from this team needs to look into the future, I think, for the Warriors and <laughs> look at who they need to bring in and what they need their team needs to look like in the next couple of years. But uh... Actually, I want to segue to, to someone else, actually, just quickly while we're speaking about the Warriors. But do you have any hesitancy with that kind of Stacey Jones, maybe he's going to invest in the youth hat that you just put on? Does that worry you about you and Aiken and what do you think of his rest of season value? Yeah, Aiken's another one I'm really worried about, actually. So I've said he's a hold for this week, but that's basically because he's been uh, he's injured. So I don't think there's a, a, a bad... There's no reason you have to trade him this week because most likely he'll come back into the team next week. But they are relocating the Warriors back to New Zealand as of next week as well. Well, not next week, the week after um, the international round. So he... It's it's a good kind of chance to see how he goes and if he actually does play for the Warriors, if he is going to relocate for the rest of the season or what he's going to do. But if he chooses not to relocate, that's pretty much his season done. You can put a line through him and sell him. So I think he's an okay hold for this week. And if he does play for the Warriors next week, most likely he'll keep playing for the rest of the season in that uh, back row spot. So I think he's an okay hold this week. I'm just not sure of his future with the Warriors for the rest of the season anyway. Yeah, I completely forgot about that news that he was going to potentially not go back with the team to New Zealand. So um, maybe we'll try and get something out on the socials and <laughs> see if there's any update on that. Cause if he's yeah wanting to stay back on, uh, stay in Oz, I guess he's probably one that you'd be happy selling this week if you're uh, looking ahead for the round 17 buy and things like that. But yeah, one to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, I mean, it does free you up a bit of cash and a, an extra player this week to get in, but I think he is definitely a keeper centre, and if he is going to play on with the Warriors for the rest of this year, he'll be he'll be a must-hold um, for sure. So I think it's worth a look and just give him a week or two to, to or a round or two to see what happens there, to be honest. Something I'm thinking of doing this week, and uh, I've kind of messaged a few people about this via Instagram and, and things like that, via, via. Instagram, just American correspondent things. Um, <laughs> but I am thinking about looping. I have Valia as well and Aiken. So I'm going to try and loop 
both of those players. So I guess kind of long story short how it works. I've got Valir as my third interchange and Aiken as my fourth interchange. And I'm a little bit worried about Haas, even though I did see some news today that he is looking about getting at least, you know, 60 minutes and he's going to still kind of like power through despite AC joints on both shoulders and possible aggravation. He looks like he's going to be back to kind of normal minutes still. I'm a little bit worried about Cotter as well. So I've got Cotter as my sixth emergency and us as my fifth emergency. So essentially, if one of those players, uh, so if Cotter, for example, scores a 30, I don't really want cop that. I'll probably trade Aiken as my fourth interchange. I'm kind of looking at Reed Marnie at the moment, and then I'll get Hass's score. I won't get Cotter's score in my 17, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I might post that. That's a bit of a mouthful to get out on a, on a podcast, but I might post it on the on the Instagram or something just to, if you've got this kind of flexibility and the Warriors play later in the round this week, something worth considering if you're holding Aiken. Yeah, definitely a good uh, good loop option um, there, especially in Haas, who's been struggling. I still think he's a hold, especially with people struggling for trades at the moment. Haas looks like a, a definite hold. Um, but the double loop is something difficult to pull off, especially if one of the looped players, especially the first looped player, the one that's in your fifth spot, um, especially if they have a bad game, because then you can't loop the person that's in your sixth slot because you'll get their score by accident. So, um, yeah, it's a hard one. It's a hard one to pull off. When Haas above Potter, I'm a bit more confident in Haas. I feel like Cotter could potentially get managed a little bit. Uh, have to see how we go. Oh, really? I would say the opposite way around. I'd say Cotter's more likely to do well than Haas, especially with the Broncos playing against the Storm. Oh, well, maybe I'll change it. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll leave that one with you. You can decide uh, on a that coin one. Flip. <laughs> but speaking of Haas, what are your what are your thoughts on him? Is he a is he a definite sell? Are you holding? What do you think? Yeah, I was listening to another podcast earlier this week that were all in the boat of selling him. I respectfully disagree. I think he's a hold. He's going to be back to those 60 pluses by the end of the year. Ideally, if you can pull off a situation where you loop him, like I'm doing this week, that's kind of the ideal. He plays the third game this week, which is really nice if you've got somebody like a Valia or an Aiken that you're willing to hold for a week. Uh, but I'm confident he's going to bounce back, even with all this kind of contract, controversy, injuries, his weapon, he'll bounce back. Yeah, everyone's going to be trying to buy him back in around 18, 19. I'm for sure about that, I reckon. Uh, another another player as well that everyone's looking at is Tohu Harris. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? I'm in a similar boat. I think a lot of my answers this week are going to be hold, hold, hold. Uh, but Tohu fits into that category as well. He's still got a 42 last week. He has gone a little bit into the Tohu Trebojevic, as in Jake Trebojevic role, where he passes for the line, which is frustrating. But I think with Karen coming back in the squad and potentially AFB as well this week, I think it's going to help his power game, and he's going to be out of pokies head through the line a little bit more. It won't be as ball playing, I'm hoping. Uh, so I think he's a hold for now. Yeah, agree with that one. And the last uh, the last player also beginning with H, um, Hastings. Yeah, this is someone I'm glad I rage traded a couple of weeks ago, which was 
arguably too early, but uh, I think he's a pretty big headache for owners at the moment just because I'm not sure about you, but my round 17 numbers aren't looking that great. I've got probably four, potentially five, if Heinz plays for that round 17 buy at the moment, which is pretty average. So I can see the argument for people holding him. Um, but it's really hard when he's scoring 20s, isn't it? Uh, and he's bleeding yeah. cash. So I'm a little bit on the fence with that one. I think it's a little bit of a judgment call for managers, but definitely don't hate people selling him. Or I can see the argument for, for a hold as well if you're really strapped for numbers. Yeah, I I really wanted to keep him for round 17, but he's just bleeding cash. And watching that game on the weekend, his foot injury is actually troubling him a lot more than I thought it would. Uh, he's definitely down in kick meters, and he's not doing any of the long kicking, which is the main thing. And the he goal kicking the as goal well. Kicking either. Yeah, the uh, goal kicking is the big one. Yeah. So very unfortunate. Four points a week that the Tigers are going to score, you know, that's an extra <laughs> two points. Yeah, exactly. Those those points add up, especially if they score, uh, you know, one or two tries. That's an extra two to four points. That's still points that you're not getting. It is still points. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on to some questions then submitted through our Instagram page at Footy Brains Pod. So if you have any questions for any of our podcasts, jump on there. We put up a, a post on our stories um, to gather those questions to answer on the pod. So look out for us there. Uh, we'll start with the. First question from uh, Cooper. What are your thoughts on bringing in Ola Kawatu? Yeah, he was so good on the weekends, and I was playing Luke in the drafts head to head this week. And every time Ola Kawatu touched the ball, he was offloading or tackle breaking. I really like it as a pod move. They play the Cowboys this week, who are, even though I'm biased, they have been kind of staunch defensive, defending. Um, those kind of attacking players. So I guess that's a, a caveat on bringing him this week. He also doesn't play that round 17 by, which is a little bit annoying. But uh, yeah, I don't mind the move. And he's pretty low owned as well. So definitely a difference maker if he goes off the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. What about um, your thoughts on Mulatalo and Cobo? So I guess this person's trying to look for a winger fullback to bring in. Um, would you consider any of those two? Definitely Mulatalo. I think... Oh, I can't remember who he... I think he's got a really good matchup this week. I can't remember which winger he'll he'll line up against, whether it's, uh, what, Corey Thompson or Maju or whoever's in the team this week. It's kind of a... Uh, carousel with some of those some of those wingers but uh, they've been really poor defending that right winger so he's got a really good matchup this week I quite like him he seems to be getting a lot of a lot of points playing outside of Talakai who's feeding him a lot of ball as well is there any danger of that origin selection so yeah I really like him Cobo on the other hand the Broncos play the Storm this week and then the Cowboys next week, I'm pretty sure. So you could see his scores take a little bit of a dip. Plus, he's not going to play that round 17 by with Origin. So I'd be probably holding off on Cobo. Yeah, the, it, 
it goes to mention though that both of these players are around the 600k mark as well so they're very expensive for winger fullbacks i think if you're looking for a good consistent winger fullback um Brian Toto, he's uh he's looking like he's brought up his scores a bit and he's definitely back to his tackle busting and meter eater um kind of ways at the moment at the Panthers. So what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I like him as well. Uh is annoying that he's not gonna be around for seventeen, obviously. And he could potentially, I think, miss another game in there. I'm not really sure how he might miss a sixteen or he might miss an eighteen. There's that possibility with them resting players and things like that i do like the panthers i do and don't like it i guess because i am still a tago and may owner but they seem to be going right a little bit more and kind of balancing their attack out which has definitely helped toto and it's obviously shown he scored three tries in the last two weeks he hadn't scored any before that point so yeah, I think he's a pretty serious buy. He's probably as low as you're going to get him for the season and somebody who's definitely like a season-long keeper. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another question uh, that's been submitted, uh, who would you go out of Anderson and Volkman and why? Oy. So I guess this person doesn't have enough uh, enough funds to go anyone more expensive than these two because they're both below you know, Anderson's 250K, Volkman's basement price, so... What are your thoughts? In that situation, I'd probably go Volkman. I think what you were saying as well, he should get an extended run in this team. Could be in the optimal word, I guess. You never really know. But yeah. uh, I think Anderson, he's got a pretty short expiry date in this team once uh, once Pappy comes back or who knows, they could have someone else potentially step in for that wing spot. But I think especially because it seems like Pappy's a pretty good shout to play next week. Uh, so I think he's yeah, really only got this week to to make his mark and then we'll probably get flicked on. Yeah, I, I agree with that one about Anderson because there's also, um, what's his name, Will Warbrick as well. He's there and thereabouts. He's injured at the moment, which is why he wasn't selected. And Bellamy said that in a press conference as well, which is why Anderson got the call up. Oh, um, wow, that's great. So, yeah, he's great also hanging around. And, uh, reporting by you mate i didn't even know who that person was you just said so there you go all over the twitter don't worry all over it yeah <laughs> nothing gets past um, absolutely so a question from max uh is butcher to cook a good trade so i think it's nat butcher to damien cook i think i think i'd be keeping nat butcher he's someone i don't have at the moment i'm kind of annoyed because he seems to be in a lot of teams and he's still scoring well so i'd be i'd be keeping that butcher damien cook is going to miss out on that 17 buy probably look to bring him in post origin if you were going to do it and is the most expensive player after clearing hines as well so you want to make sure he's you know getting his his full minutes and there's a chance that he gets reduced minutes over these next couple of weeks and yeah. potentially becomes a bit cheaper for you yeah absolutely that's the ideal um scenario is he loses a bit of cash and he's buyable after round 17 yeah uh question from wade is avarillo a good starting center if you have a tight budget yeah i don't mind that you've got a tight budget uh i think he's maybe like the third best cheapy if you don't have a savage or a ma'am at the moment 
and you're looking for someone under that 400k i guess Fuller's probably in that boat as well but if you're looking for someone a little bit cheaper i'd probably be looking at avrilo he's probably the riskier one just because of like the the bulldogs have obviously brained it last week didn't they made someone kind of crap last week but i guess oh yeah we geez. won't talk about that too much yeah let's, let's leave that alone josh <laughs> leave that leave that alone right now mate I do kind of get what you mean there with Avarillo, though, because he, he does play for the Dogs, obviously, but the Dogs need to have a good game for him to score well. Like, if you look at his scores in the last three weeks, yeah, they look kind of good when you don't look at the stats in depth, but he scored four tries in the last three weeks, two against Parramatta last week, and two against the Dragons two weeks before that. So against the Panthers, he had, you know, line breaks and tackle busts, and that kind of kept his score above 30. But in the other two weeks, he scored two tries, and he hasn't really cracked a big score, like 55 and 45 aren't huge scores by any means, but they're, they're, they're good scores to make a bit of cash, especially for someone of Avarillo's price. So um, whether he keeps that up, up depends on the the Bulldogs' kind of form. If they slump again, which is, you know, definitely possible because they're the Bulldogs, um, I can see, you know, price definitely slumping again as well. Higher than a 0% chance. Yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely. I would say even higher than 50% chance by the end of the year. I will counter argument that they played the Tigers this week. And yeah. I know the pretty sure the Bulldogs are actually favorite for taking the, the Chockeys. So yeah, I think he's maybe the third or fourth best under four hundred K if you don't have like a Mam Savage and you're willing to roll the dice a little bit. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Oh, what are your thoughts on uh Tarpany? Tarpany. Um love him when he's going well. You the one thing that concerns me about him is he plays for a coach called Ricky Stewart and <laughs> he uh you know might wake up on the wrong side of the bed tomorrow and completely reshape the the forward pack and the minutes and the rotations you just don't really know with him. He's had these points in the past where he, he brains it for for a couple of weeks and then dies back down. It kind of concerns me as well because this has kind of given me some Talakai flashbacks when I jumped on him after a few really big scores and then he started to trend back down after I jumped on, which in hindsight wasn't the, the best choice, but I still would have done it again probably. Uh, and I think with Tarpany, you've got the the luxury, I guess, too, that he's not very high owned so i think even if he does continue to going well it's not gonna like really hurt you personally that's why i kind of think even though he's he's scoring really well i just am not confident in him as a season long keeper and can see him dying off towards the end of the year which makes me hesitant and makes me lean someone makes me lean more to like a McInnes or somebody who's going to play this round 17 by maybe like a Marnie or someone like that as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I think Tarpany is a trap at the moment, to be honest, 750 K. Yes. It looks good for the scores that he's kind of spat out in the last couple of weeks, but watch hap- watch what happens post origin when Papali gets back to his big minutes. Um, those scores are going to be non-existent. He'll go back to scoring forties and fifties again, for sure. Um, I think if you're looking for a gun mid, there are others out there. And I think Clemmer is probably the best one, especially if you're looking for a round 17 option. 
Um, yeah, he like scores obviously not in the same kind of form that Tarpin is in, but he even when he has bad days, he's scoring fifties pretty comfortably. So when he has a good game, he can you know he can shoot up to sixties, seventies pretty comfortably. So um, yeah, I think Clem is probably the better the better option if you're going to be spending that sort of money. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad shot. I like that. Perfect. Uh, next question. If you, oh, sorry, I need to sell one of these players: Tago, Talakai, or Panasini. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, there's been a few questions around the Instagram and stuff I've seen about selling Tago and May. I really, if you can, for this week especially because they played the Warriors. Um, I'd really try and hold both of them because, and I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere that the Warriors' right side is maybe like the worst in the league or definitely up there. So you could really see Tag or May, that stack, uh, cleaning up on the weekend. So if you can hold them for an extra week, I'd really try and do that. Um, But Penasini has been killing it as well, and he plays that that buy so gun to your head if you're trying to get rid of one of them i'd probably say get rid of tago in that instance but yeah obviously try and keep him around this week if you can yeah i agree tago should probably be out before round 17 i think you upgrade him to someone that does play and Panasini's just good to have he's scored consistently above 30 for the last like five six weeks so yeah pretty good one there especially for round 17 Next question from James. Um, would you consider Haas to Tamalolo a good trade? Yeah, we've kind of we've touched on Haas a little bit. I think he's gonna bounce back. Whether it's whether it's his week, whether it's in three weeks' time, he's gonna be hitting those sixty pluses and become a must have at some point. Again, if you have lots of trades and you're willing to you think he's gonna drop and you're willing to rebuy him or something like that. I can see the argument there. It's personally not what I'm doing. I'm trying to hold my trades as much as I can so I can maximize that round 17 uh, buy week. And once we have all that information for a team list for that round 17 round is just uh, kind of maxing out is kind of what I'm hoping. So I'm hoping to kind of yeah keep one in my back pocket. So I think, yeah. I'd be trying to avoid trades like that and would try and be holding Haas, but I don't hate it if you've got lots of trades and you've kind of got a bigger plan in the works, I guess. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, Question from Charlie. Um, Thinking of trading Nanai and Tavanga for Papali'i and Raymond Fatala Mariner. Thoughts? So two parts there, Nanai and Tavanga as a sell. Do you really think that they're they're sells? I think Tavanga is. Uh, I'm not sure what he scored on the weekend, but we talked about it last pod. And 39 on the weekend. Uh, so it's good if you've held him, I guess. I'm not sure how much he dropped, but uh, I'd be trying to get rid of him as soon as I can, especially with... Current and potentially AFB coming back and eating into his minutes more so. Nanai, I'm still holding personally. Uh, I was listening. This is a plug actually for the NRL physio and his his podcast. <laughs> it was so good. And being a big Cowboys crusher, listening to Michael Morgan and reliving his flick pass in the grand final was a great moment walking to work for me. But also 
he talked a little bit about Nanai's sprained ankle and it sounded like from what he was saying, it was it's almost like a best case scenario as far as the way he did it, where it kind of, the, the ankle, I guess, turns inward and that's kind of the best way. If you're going to have an ankle sprain, I guess that's the quickest one to recover from and yeah. doesn't mean it's a lot of ligament damage. So I'm hoping he's going to be pretty close to full fitness. I really like Nanai. I've kind of talked about it a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but I think as far as edge forwards and forwards generally, he's one that has the highest or one of the highest ceilings. I think he's going to be really valuable come the end of the year with with potential loop options, and he can hit these 70-plus scores that some of the other forwards can't. And I think that makes him really valuable. And I'm personally holding him for that reason. Yeah, I think he's definitely a hold if you have him, but I wouldn't be running out to buy him at this stage, especially at just over 600K. There's definitely, you know, you could go a Tamalolo for that kind of money instead. It's a bit more consistent. For sure, yeah. And then I guess Papali'i and RFM as buys are the other side. Yeah, I actually really like those buys, especially RFM is one I'm kind of keeping an eye on. He's, uh, if you're kind of new to fantasy, he's traditionally been a fantasy legend of the past. He's, oh, wow, I didn't realize it was so cheese. 370K. I retract my Avarillo statement. I'd much rather chance my arm on RFM versus Avarillo if you're looking for someone under 400K. Played 61 minutes on the weekend, played 50 minutes the week before. So it looks like he's kind of building and hopefully that means he's looking at an 80-minute roll on the edge. Um, And traditionally when he's done that, he's been in the 50s uh, pretty consistently. And then he's not too bad for a meat pie as well where he can really kind of get that ceiling up for his points. I really like him as as a look and yeah kind of wait and see over the next couple of weeks see if he can get up to this 80 minute mark yeah i kind of agree with that and especially with um tpj at the dogs it looks like potter's kind of using him as a a bench forward it doesn't look like he's going to be playing on an edge anymore so it looks like rfm um might have locked up one of those edge spot edge spots especially with you know the likes of jack hetherington being out um who else is there Corey waddell was injured as well there's there's not many edges there at the dogs anymore they're kind of using josh jackson here and there as an edge as well so um yeah good value definitely for rfm for sure yeah and yeah rfm i'm just looking at the stats now rfm averages nearly 50 points when he plays over 70 minutes whether that's lock or second row so definitely one that could make you a lot of cash and uh be very handy for this run home yeah, absolutely. So last question for from Finner. Um, we have Stags and Will Smith to To'o and Avarillo. Yeah, don't mind that. Oh, really? Stags? I hate that. I hate Wait, that. Wait, sorry. <laughs> so Stags and Will Stags Smith. and Will Smith? Yeah, yeah. Will Smith, to yes. A- that's fine. To Avarillo and who was the other, sorry? To'o. Brian To'o. Well, I guess it depends what you think on your Tony Staggs. 
Man, he's a gun. What, what are we talking about here? Do, you, do we not think a Tony Staggs is a gun? <laughs> Maybe I just didn't really listen to the question and was blindly agreeing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's a tricky one. I I think definitely, like, as far as having those, like, Will Smith and Tony Staggs versus Avril Toe, like, Avril Toe wins every day but I would be trying to find a different way to do it and finding a way to keep Stags if you could. Stags is one of those guys who could really bounce back. To be fair, there's a chance that he does get picked again for Origin and could play that yeah. 17 buy as well, which uh, I don't know how I feel about as a New South Wales fan. I think he'll probably keep his spot. I don't think he played that badly, but... Uh, that's that's a chance as well. So if he plays round 17, that would be huge. Yeah, I've got a feeling that he's not going to get selected and it's going to be it's going to be Burton on that that center in that center spot because the the form of Burton in this dogs team in the last couple of weeks has been just crazy good. So I've got a feeling that he's going to be picked for that center spot and especially because wow, of last year and how take. how well he played. I've just got a feeling that Burton's going to be called up to play again. Yeah, he was the center of the year, the Dalian center of the year last year, to be fair. Yeah, uh, crazy. <laughs> didn't get picked I again. <laughs> didn't get picked yet. I kind of hope that they go with Campbell Graham, personally. I would be oh, Campbell yeah. Graham fan. I wouldn't mind him in there as well. Uh, but it is one game. I could see him bouncing back. I can see Stephen Crichton also bouncing back. So part of me wants them to stay faithful, but... I think especially Stephen Crichton played pretty badly. Uh, yeah. So, see what happens, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Origin, I guess, is next weekend. So, uh, interesting to see what teams get named after this weekend. Righto. That's it. Thanks, Josh. Another, another late mail show done and dusted. Dusted. Thanks, mate. And good luck. Yeah, good luck for round 15. <laughs>